The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is an excerpt from Seneca's letter number 71, subtitled On the Supreme Good. Wool takes on certain colors at once, while others it will not absorb unless it has been repeatedly soaked in them and boiled. In the same way, there are other systems of thought that our minds, once they have understood them, can immediately put into practice. But the system of which I am speaking unless it goes deep and sits for a long time and has not just tinged the mind but dyed it, does not fulfill its promises. Okay, we're going to set that aside, and I'm going to tell you uh, what happened to me yesterday, and uh, which prompted this episode. So I was sitting outside and reading and enjoying my morning coffee, and uh, and you know enjoying the sun, and a guy walked up and asked me if my neighbor was indeed a an exterminator and i said yes and he said uh do you have his number so i i didn't have his professional number so i texted him and uh and and he said that he would come out to talk to the guy so he came out and he talked to the guy and so i i was you know uh, i wasn't like eavesdropping but i did hear their conversation and the guy basically told my neighbor that uh he he said uh you know uh there's a i have a, a rat problem uh, can you uh, can you come over and uh, and take a look at it? So my neighbor said, "Are you sure it's a rat?" And the guy went on and like talked about about like what the rat had done. And and my neighbor once again said, "Yeah, but are you sure it's a rat?" And the guy you know gave more arguments. And then my neighbor said, "The reason why I'm asking is because if it's a rat, then it requires a certain set of solutions. But if it's a mouse, then it's a completely different thing. And what works for one doesn't work for the other." So. Um, I don't know how the story ended, but that was that was what I heard. <laughs> okay, uh, and then today, it just occurred to me how this is a very common mistake that people make, which is that they have a problem and they know that they have a problem in their life because something is going is going wrong, or they're getting consequences, or they're, or they're suffering. So they know that there's a problem, but the the what they do is they diagnose the problem, and they they associate a specific solution with that diagnosis. When in reality, they could be mistaken on either front, meaning maybe they've misdiagnosed the problem and they need a different, and, and, and if it were a different problem, then they would realize they need a different solution. Or maybe even if they diagnose the problem correctly, then uh, maybe there are multiple types of solutions for the problem and they, uh, and, you know, and they're, they're choosing the wrong one. And, you know, it would be one thing if, misdiagnosing the problem and applying a wrong solution just did nothing. But in many cases, it will it will uh, exacerbate the problem or create additional costs or create additional problems. Uh, but yet people go on uh, very confidently with these, uh, with, this, with these assumptions. And that's why you need uh, an expert to, uh, to consult uh, to, so that you can let the expert diagnose the problem and let the expert go through his expert knowledge and find a solution. Uh, one example of this um, is, uh, well, okay, actually, before I go through an example, uh, I, let me share my second thought. So uh, once I had this thought, I realized that 
this is why I think it is beneficial to have a um, that when you're dealing with problems of of uh, mitos, problems of character traits, whether this is problems that have to do with you know your own conduct and how you make decisions, or your interpersonal relationships, or your actual character development, you know, working on cultivating certain virtues or removing certain vices. So I think that it is beneficial to have uh, a uh, what we call bacchus to have a wide exposure to many, many different um, uh, ideas and and facts and approaches and solutions. Because the thing is, is that if you, let's say you only have a, uh, a certain limited idea about how problems like this are solved, then you might just make the mistake of applying that solution without even thinking through the problem. Or let's say you have a limited number of of ideas about what kinds of problems there are, and you immediately jump to a conclusion. But in reality, maybe there are many types of problems that you don't know of, and this is really a different, requires a different diagnosis. Or maybe, maybe the, the you know the five or six solutions that you have to curing bad habits or to uh, inculcating good good character traits or to solving interpersonal problems, maybe there are more. Uh, solutions than you're aware of, and you're you're going to make things worse by jumping to the solutions that you're familiar with. So, this is why I think it's a good idea to expose yourself to a wide variety of different approaches and different solutions. And furthermore, when you're learning a uh, uh, a work that is about dealing with problems of this nature, whether it's Stoicism or Mishle, the Book of Proverbs, or Pirkei Avos, you know the 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 tractate of the Talmud. Uh, of the Mishnah that deals with, uh, with with ethics, you know, there's a tendency to only invest yourself in the areas that seem immediately practical right now, uh, and then to kind of like overlook or not invest as much in the other the other ideas that don't have relevance to your life right now. But that's really a mistake because just because this thing is not relevant to you right now doesn't mean that it won't become relevant to you at a later time. And also, there is a certain benefit that you get from thinking through problems that you're not facing right now. In other words, let's say I, uh, um, okay, like today in, in my Mishle year, then we did a puzzle about uh, wealth and poverty and about the relationship between a, a borrower and a lender. Now, thank God, right now, I'm not in a situation of poverty uh, and I'm not in a situation where I'm having to borrow money to, uh, you know, and, and be beholden to uh, a, a creditor. But uh, so it might be tempting for me to just downplay this puzzle and to just kind of move on to something that is more immediately practical. But the advantage is if I invest myself in understanding this idea now, and I and I really like train myself in how Shlomo HaMelech, how King Solomon uh, trained, you know, uh, uh, his principles of decision-making that he's teaching here, I'll have a better chance of internalizing those ideas so that if the situation does come up, then I'll know what to do. Um, and, uh, and so what was I going to say next? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, furthermore, okay. Furthermore, uh, I, I associated to this idea from the, uh, from the Rambam in Hilchos Deos in the laws of character traits. And this is in chapter two, uh, Halachos Aleph and Bez, uh, laws one and two, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. So he's talking about what he calls huli hanefesh, uh, sicknesses of the soul, uh, which uh, in modern terms, you know, some of these seem to be close to what we would call mental illnesses, whereas others are closer to what we would call character defects. Okay, uh, it's hard to exactly draw the line. Uh, but the, the common mista- mistake here is when people relate to what is bad for them as though it's good for them uh, or vice versa. 
Okay, so so when it comes to regular character development, the Ramam has a method that he lays out for uh, for every uh, person, and it's essentially a behavioristic method of practicing the actions that correspond to certain character traits until those character traits become established. Um, but when it comes to people who are sick in their soul, who have chuli nefesh, the Ramam writes, umahi takanas chuli nefesh. What is, uh, or chuli nefesh, I'm not sure how to vocalize it. What is the cure for those who are sick in their souls? The answer, yelhu etel hachachamim. Go to the wise, to those who are wise. Shehem rofe hanafashos, who are the doctors of the soul. Okay, what we would call, again, uh, I guess, psychologists, uh, if, if, if you had to make a, a modern corollary, but this is really psychologists slash, like, ethical consultants. <laughs> um, and they, the wise, will heal the sicknesses in character traits, uh, sorry, the, the sicknesses uh, in the through the character traits that they teach them, that they teach these patients, until they return them to the good path. And someone who recognizes the, their own bad character traits and does not go to the wise to be healed, regarding them, King Solomon said, that fools despise discipline. Okay, so that's that's one halacha. But then he says, what is the method of curing them? So he then gives examples. He says, uh, and, and again, this is a whole study in the Ramam. I'm not going to go into this right now, but basically his approach is, he says, you, you go to the opposite extreme. So if you, if you find yourself on one end of the character uh, spectrum, you go to the opposite extreme and force yourself to do actions that correspond to the other side until you return to the middle path, which is the good path, and then you stick to the middle path. So let's say, for example, you have a problem with, uh, with uh, you're a miser and you, you, you can't bring yourself to spend money, so you should go to the opposite extreme and spend lavishly until you break out of that miserliness and then return to the middle, you know, or if you are, uh, you know, if you have a problem with uh, gluttony, then you should go to the opposite extreme and train yourself to eat uh, very little until you can return to a healthy medium. Okay. So we're not going to get into the Ramam's system right now, but my question is like this. The Ramam says, what is the cure for those who have these uh, these sick uh, sicknesses of the soul. So first he says you should go. They should go to the chachamim, to the wise, and they will cure your illnesses based on the character traits that they teach you. And then the Ramam says, what is the cure? And then he prescribes what you should do, which is going to the opposite extreme until you can return to the middle. So which is it? Am I supposed to go to the wise and have them cure me, or am I supposed to implement this method that the Ramam set forth uh, on my own? Right? I mean, why would he set it forth if this is something that the wise are going to have to help me with? And I think therein lies the answer, which is that uh, that just because you know what the solution looks like does not mean that you'll know how to apply it intelligently and effectively. Right? So in other words, in this case, the Ramam says the solution is you go to the opposite extreme and practice those behaviors until you get to the middle path. But if a lay person were to just read that and then try applying it to himself, then he might make a, a, a you know a mistake, or he might misapply it, or he might go too far too fast. So that's why he needs to do this under the guidance of an expert, uh, and the expert will guide him to apply the method. But this is just another category. The reason why I'm bringing this up is this is another category of mistake where you can have, you know, you can see an idea in Michelet or in Pirkei Avos or in Seneca or in Epictetus or in Marcus Aurelius, and that really is an expert, you know, giving a solution. But um, but just because you know, just because you know what the problem is and what the solution is, 
does not mean that you're necessarily going to know how to implement it. Uh, there is a certain training and expertise that you need in order to be able to apply these things correctly. And ideally, you would get this from from learning from Chachamim. You know, that's why when we learn Mishle, we don't just open the book and uh, and theorize on our own and then think that we understood what Shlomo meant. We we do that and then we go to what the Mefarshim, what the what the uh, the commentators said because they they understand Mishle better than we do and they are great Chachamim. And if you have someone in real life who is a Chacham who you could talk to, then that's even better. Um, uh, even though that, that's not necessarily uh, something that you do for every single decision that you make. So, um, so what does this have to do with, uh, with Seneca? Uh, so Seneca's analogy here is that, uh, is that there's certain colors that wool can take on, uh, after one shot, right? Like, uh, I don't really know, <laughs> actually, I don't know anything about wool dyeing, but I imagine that if you put, I don't know, black dye on wool, then it'll absorb the black really quickly, but other dyes, you need to dye it again and again and again before it takes on the color. Okay. I don't know if that's true. So I uh, so he says that with stoicism, then stoicism is in the latter category that that you're not going to just be able to take the ideas and apply them and uh, and get the instant result. You need to steep yourself in it again and again and again before it starts to affect you. And he he is very extreme when he says this. He says that that he says the system of which I am speaking, unless it goes deep and sits for a long time and has not just tinged the mind but dyed it, does not fulfill its promises. So there needs to be repetition and practice and immersion again and again and again until it starts to affect you and fulfills all, all of its promises. So I think that there this ties into what apparently has been the theme of the last several episodes or several of the, uh, of the most recent episodes about uh, the study of ethics, that I think that that it's easy to think of ethics as a study like anything else where like a purely intellectual discipline where you learn the idea and then you immediately apply it. And Seneca is saying that that's not how stoicism works is you can, you, you certainly have to understand the idea, but there has to be a, a continual practice and practice and practice and review and review and review until it actually starts to affect you. And that's the same thing with Mishle. That's what, and, and really Judaism's approach to ethics, uh, which is that it's not enough to see the idea once, you know, it's not like in Halakha where you see the idea once and you immediately know what to do. Uh, and then you could just apply it. Uh, but with with character development and with Mishle and with Midos, then you need to see the idea and then go over it again and again and again and practice it again and again and again in all these different circumstances because it takes time to affect the emotions. And furthermore, I would argue that it's not just the application of the idea. It's it's also you you, you develop a certain Mishleic intuition or stoic intuition from going over these countless cases and, and constantly immersing yourself in this way of thinking to the point where it does color your thoughts and you, you begin to see everything through this lens um, to the point where, I don't know, where you can be sitting outside reading and you hear someone ask about uh, an exterminator and uh, you categorize that as a as an insight into into decision making and uh, and character development. So uh, I, I, that is, uh, that's what I wanted to say. So just, I guess, the, uh, to sum it up, I'm making an argument for a bacchus in teachings about character development, that, you, that getting a wide exposure to many different problems and the solutions is good. Two, to recognize that it's possible to misdiagnose a problem, which will lead to a wrong solution, or to correctly diagnose a problem, but then choose the wrong solution, or get the problem right and the solution right, but then not know how to apply it. And that that could lead to further 
to further uh, exacerbating the problem or creating new problems, or at the very least, to not solving this problem. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I, I think a, a person needs to have the, the right um, uh, expectations in mind when learning ethics, uh, whether in Stoicism or Judaism, which is that this is not just like a one-time thing. You take the idea and then you apply it. You need to steep yourself in this again, you know, for and, and repeat it and practice it again and again and again uh, until it becomes a part of, uh, of who you are. Okay. Oh, and also, I should say, if you need, if you're living locally and you need uh, an exterminator, then I can give you the number of my neighbor. So there you have it. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss and my Zelle and PayPal are at mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you'd like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.